It's Wednesday again, which means it's time for another episode from your favorite podcasters. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And if you're new here, welcome. We are Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our childhood favorite movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. We cannot believe it's August already. Literally. But we we are starting the new month off right with yet another Battle of the Disney Films episode. And during these episodes, we review Disney animated classics and their live action remakes, then decide which one is better. And as promised, we are going to try and make this a monthly thing, so be sure to stay tuned because we're going to keep checking off our list. We sure are. Yes. So this is our second ever Battle of the Disney Films episode, the first being Aladdin. And if you haven't already, go listen to that one after this because it's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. But for now, we are rewatching the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast and its 2017 remake. So to start, we're going to give some fun facts and a short review of the 1991 animated version. Then we'll do the same for the 2017 remake. And lastly, we'll compare the two films and decide which one we believe is a better portrayal of the Beauty and the Beast story. Be our guest. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Be our guest. And let's see if this tale as old as time stands the test of time. I'm like, let me me go all full Celine on them. So the 1991 Disney animated musical film Beauty and the Beast was produced by Don Hahn. Oh, that's such a fun name. Don Hahn. And directed by both Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise. The film features the voice talents of Paige O'Hara, Robbie Benson, Jerry Orbach, who you might know from Law and Order, Angela Lansbury from Mary Poppins, and many, many others. Beauty and the Beast was the 30th animated feature film released by Disney and is based on a French fairy tale of the same name written by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. Ooh, I heard that little French accent. Wee oui, wee, oui, my little croissant. <laughs> Doing my very best. <laughs> right. The back of your head is ridiculous. <laughs> So Disney first unsuccessfully attempted to adapt this film during the 1930s and 50s, and initially they didn't include musical numbers. But after the success of The Little Mermaid, Disney execs revisited the project and decided to try again, this time using the same composer, Alan Menken, and lyricist Howard Ashman that they used during The Little Mermaid. Oh, Yes, unfortunately, Ashman passed away six months before the film's release, so the film is dedicated to his memory. Aw, that's super sweet. Yeah. So Beauty and the Beast was a colossal box office success for Disney. It grossed over $331 million on a $25 million budget and was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture at the 64th Academy Awards. Woo! During which the film also brought home Academy Awards for Best Original Score and Best Original Song. Oh, 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 oh. Like, okay, go off. <laughs> All right, go off, sis. <laughs> So Beauty and the Beast even won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, becoming the first animated feature to do so. And in April 1994, Beauty and the Beast became Disney's first animated film to be adapted into a Broadway musical, which ran until 2007. So pretty much this movie was a big deal. Yeah, if you haven't seen this film before, I'm shocked and also kind of impressed. (laughs) Right, and for all our Disney Channel fans out there as well, um, I'm pretty sure Christy Carlson Romano, who voiced Kim Possible and was Ren from Even Stevens, I'm pretty sure she was Belle on Broadway for a while. Yeah. 
So if you somehow missed out on this, we're, we're totally in awe of you. Yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it in a while and need a little refresher of the plot, here's a summary written by, are you ready for this? I don't know. Spider-Man's aunt. <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> Aunt May! <laughs> Aunt May! Aunt May, I don't feel so good. <laughs> a young prince is cursed by an enchantress to remain a beast until he can learn to love another and earn their love in return. Meanwhile, a young girl named Belle longs for a different life. When her father stumbles upon the beast's... That's, that's hard to say. <laughs> beasts. 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 <laughs> When her father stumbles upon the beast's castle and is locked away in a cell, Belle finds her father, takes his place, and becomes engrossed in an enchanted world unlike anything she's ever seen. Okay, Aunt May. All right, all right. I love it. Love to see it. Right. Let's get into our fun facts. Steph, do you want to take it away? Absolutely. So my first fun fact is that Rupert Everett auditioned for the role of Gaston, but he was told by the directors that he didn't sound arrogant enough. So he remembered this and he auditioned and eventually voiced Prince Charming in Shrek 2. I love that so much because I was like, who is Rupert Everett? Like, I was yeah. so confused. <laughs> yeah. So he basically was like, oh, I don't sound pompous enough. And then yes. totally changed his voice to do it for Shrek 2, which is like hilarious because that's, I mean, that's immediately what you think when you think of the prince from that movie. Yes. You're like, oh, he's a jerk. He's so pompous, so arrogant. I love it so much. He will rule the day. He stole my <laughs> kingdom from me. He's so good. <laughs> All right. So my fun fact is that the dance between Belle and Prince Adam in the finale was actually reused animation of the dance between Princess Aurora and Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty. Oh. Yes. So the original Sleeping Beauty, which came out in 1959, the pair had been drawn over to become the new Beauty and the Beast pair because the animators were running out of time during the production of this movie. I mean, work smarter, not harder, you know, like. Right. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't have even noticed. I would not have noticed. I could have gone my entire life without knowing that and I would have been like oh they're so cute together I mean here's the thing they all <laughs> dance the exact same in all the Disney movies yeah. like all the Disney all the ending scenes where they're doing a dance it's always the exact same dance like I don't exactly <laughs> I don't feel like we would have noticed because it looks the same it also always cracks me up how like people in Disney movies just automatically know how to do a waltz right like they were born into poverty and go through so much hardship but they all know how to tango and do the waltz yeah. and like all this ballroom dances literally i'm like sleeping beauty grew up in the woods in a cottage like how right. does she know how with to waltz? fairies literally <laughs> same with Belle. like she only knew her dad she's a farmer and yeah. she goes to the castle and all of a sudden she's like oh i'm in a dress i know how to dance now she's like i know exactly what to do like god i wish that were me right <laughs> maybe we just need ball gowns Honestly, I have been gunning to run down a hallway wearing a ball gown and holding a candlestick. Like, that's my dream. You guys, we are having a ball. We We said it during one of our last episodes. It is happening. It's going to happen. Maybe not now. Maybe not tomorrow. (laughs) But it will happen. We're manifesting that. We're manifesting it for ourselves. Putting it out in the universe. So my last fun fact is that Jackie Chan performed the voice acting and singing for The Beast in the Mandarin dub of this movie. I love that. Right? I love Jackie Chan. So ideal. Also, I did not know that he could sing. That's insane. (laughs) This makes me want to watch that version. We love him. 
Um, so let's get into our rewatch since we have two movies. Let's get it going. Let's do it. How much did we watch this as kids? I watched this a few times. I'm going to be super honest and preface this entire thing by saying Belle was not one of my favorite Disney princesses. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because you can get all the hate. <laughs> I agree, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I'm like, I know that's a really controversial thing because a lot of people's favorite Disney princess is Belle and she just was never mine. Yeah. Mine two were always Jasmine and Ariel and Mulan, honestly, like those three yeah. were like my top. And so, yeah, she was just never my favorite. I thought it was, she was boring, like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I know everybody's going to be like, wow, that was like, I identified with her. Right. I can't believe you. And I'm going to be like, sorry, I just didn't get it. All of our listeners have left the chat. Yeah, literally. I'm just, I'm just, I'm <laughs> all gone. I didn't watch this as much. Obviously, I watched it enough times that I knew the storyline pretty well. Yeah. But I didn't watch it as much as I watched, I think, all of the other, you know, Disney princesses I mentioned. What about you? I mean, honestly, like Cinderella, this film has been adapted so many times yeah. as well. So whether we watched this a lot or not, we still know the storyline so well because of how many times it's been changed and put in new movies. And yeah, I think I watched this a few times, but like you said, she was not my favorite. So it wasn't something that I watched on repeat. Right. I was scared of the beast for a little while because Aww. my... um. <laughs> I remember this was the first movie that I saw in an IMAX theater. My mom took me for my birthday with a few of my school friends. And I think it was the fact that I saw this in IMAX and the screen was huge and it was so oh, loud no. that um that kind of like took the fun away from it a little bit. I was like, this is too much, like with the wolves and the um the beast growling every two seconds. It was it was a lot. But um <laughs> Yeah, I think I was a little scared of the beast growing up. Makes sense, but honestly. Yeah. That's that's traumatic, to be honest. That's a little traumatic. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah, the first movie <laughs> they ever took me to see in theaters was 101 Dalmatians. Oh, no. And I was also similarly traumatized. <laughs> so Yeah. It's funny because I remember seeing this movie with my mom, and I remember going to the movies a bunch when I was a kid. Right. But I also remember... The first movie that I saw with my friends without my parents was Finding Nemo. Oh, Yeah, so Disney apparently is my whole life when it comes to going to the movies. A lot movies. of firsts. Yes. A lot of firsts. Exactly. <laughs> so what was your favorite part as a kid? To be honest, I really, really liked... It's super cliche because everybody likes it, but the rose in the in the little glass container, I thought that was like super cool for some reason basic. when I was a child. I know it was super basic, but <laughs> I like loved it so much. And then yeah. I remember one Christmas, my dad got me this Cinderella clock, but it came in the glass container oh, from yeah. Belle's Rose. Do you remember that? I had that forever. I remember that being in your room and we used to love that thing. It was beautiful. It was like yeah. one of the most beautiful things I ever owned. Um, yeah, no. So I, that's that's something that I really like. So I was very, very particular, I guess, about that part. But right. honestly, there was no part of it that I was just like, oh, my God, like I'm in love with this scene. It was just more yeah. like that little aspect. <laughs> what right. about you? I think my favorite was Be Our Guest because I really liked oh, that yeah. musical number. And I think Lumiere was probably my favorite character growing up. Oh, yeah. Either that or the part where we see Belle in the classic big yellow dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because what what little girl doesn't want a giant princess dress? Um, probably some, but like 
I wanted one. So <laughs> right, that's true. I'm thinking of me. <laughs> that's true. I'm like, what little girl thinking of myself? Yeah. And only myself. <laughs> so what was it like for us to rewatch this as adults? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was it was cute. I think as an adult, I can appreciate the animation much more. Yeah. Um, all of the work that clearly went into animating this. It's a very beautifully animated film, like for one. Right. It's stunning. The musical numbers also held up mm-hmm. pretty well. I really like those. Yeah, I, there was definitely some humor in this that I think I missed yeah. as a child. That was, you know, very cool to rewatch as an adult. But yeah, that's just kind of my first overall impression. What about you? I was kind of impressed at the pettiness of the Enchantress from the beginning. Oh, same. She is a whole level of petty that has not been achieved by me yet. I will get there one day. <laughs> so basically, it starts off and they're like, oh, the Enchantress came to his castle and offered him a rose and he refused it with his nose upturned or whatever. And... um she said, oh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, beauty lies beneath the, the surface. And he still denied her, and she cursed him and every person that works for him. Which, like, okay, hold up. Like, they right. didn't do anything. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, you are cruel for yeah. <laughs> cursing everyone. And second of all, who wouldn't turn someone away that just wanders up to your door all haggard and gross looking? And she's like, here, take a rose. Like, I'd be like, get off my lawn, you bum. Like, what are you doing? Like, did you pick that from my garden? <laughs> right. I'd be like, um, excuse me. You have the wrong house. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I get the lesson behind it. I get like, you know, helping somebody who's, you know, not as well off as you and giving yeah. them a place to stay. Because obviously he has room in the castle to house somebody for the night when it's cold and windy and et cetera. Right. But at the same time, I am a proponent of stranger danger. And yes. I'm not just opening my door to anyone. So <laughs> right. That's my immediate mentality. Exactly. And I completely get the whole they were saying that he was really selfish before um yeah yeah and I was like yeah I get it but at the same time if someone comes to my house and they're like take a rose I'd be like no I've seen Snow White I know that I don't take things from strangers and then if they were like well beauty lies beneath the surface I'd be like oh god she's gonna get naked get off my lawn like (laughs) please like that is creepy close your robe exactly I Thought it was hilarious how everyone in the beginning was like, oh, Belle is so peculiar. Belle is so strange. <laughs> you like, you like how I just did not even try you to just say it right again. over the word. You were like, nope. <laughs> I was like, too much trouble. This is this is not working. Um, they were That's like, Belle reads. She's so strange. I'm like, no, what? Like, what are you doing? I mean, I would also insult her. She's going around singing mean songs about people in the town. She's like, true. She's like, oh, your lives are boring. She's what is like, it? She everyone's basic and he's baking bread. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just keeps singing. This is a provincial life, right? and I'm like, honey. Do not insult these people. They're very clearly happy with their lives. Like, I get you on something else, but, like, wait until you're out in the mountains to start singing about how much you hate your life. Like, pull a sound of music. Wait until you're out of the town. (laughs) Exactly. Then you can scream about how basic these people are. Exactly. But she's like, ugh, this girl's trying to buy six eggs. Gross. (laughs) I'd rather read my book. She's got a lot of kids. (laughs) I thought it was funny, um... 
how much toxic masculinity Gaston had. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's just walking around town like, Belle's beautiful, which makes her the best. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I did enjoy, I mean, I have always enjoyed just her little song about how she's like, Madame Gaston. Yes. <laughs> Can you just see it? So good. Yeah, and she's just singing about how she doesn't want to be his wife and just, you know, massage his feet and bear his right. children. And I'm like, okay, there's some feminism in there. And I'm kind of digging that. Independence. You go, girl. Truly. Yeah. But also, I have a question for you. Yes. So we all know Belle wants more from her life. And of course. Her, her dad is like an inventor and he goes off into the woods. And first right. of all, poor Felipe, the horse, he tried to talk some sense into his owner and he was like, let's go this way. And his owner was like, let's go the other way. That horse has been through it. He's been through it. Yes. Felipe is a real one. For real. So he ends up at the... At the castle, at the Beast's castle, after being chased by wolves, mm -hmm. which, by the way, one of my biggest nightmares. <laughs> Have you ever seen the gray? No, but I know that wolves are enormous. Yes. So if anyone's seen the Liam Neeson movie, The Gray, you know why I'm terrified of wolves. <laughs> so basically, the dad ends up getting captured by the Beast and gets put in a cell. Right. And Belle takes his place. We all know she takes his place. Yeah. If I was captured by a Beast, would you take my place? Yes. <laughs> you took too long. <laughs> I hesitated. I had to think on it. You hesitated. I'm holding a grudge now. <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd do that for any of my friends. I think I'd I'd sacrifice myself for a friend or depending on who. Right. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think I'd I think I'd do it. I'd also be like you really got yourself picked up and put in a cell <laughs> by a beast who used to be a prince in a castle. Like, why were you out in the woods like this? <laughs> like, I right. would give you, I'd give you crap before I got in the cell. Like, they'd be shutting the door in front of my face and you just hear me through the bars like, why you gotta be so stupid? <laughs> right. Just nagging me as I'm on my way out. You're like walking out and I'm just like, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. And another thing. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you? Would you trade places for me? You can say no. I think <laughs> I think I would, but for the sole fact of like first of all, like I love you obviously, but second of all for the fact that like if I didn't take your spot, I would get kicked out again and have to face the wolves again. So I think I would choose the cell rather than go back with the wolves. I'd be like, so you're not fun doing being this for snack. me. You're doing this for purely <laughs> selfish motivation. I'd like wave to you as on your way out. Like have fun being a snack. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> right. Bye boys. Oh my God. That's so funny. Speaking of castle, one of the things that I really hated about this film was that the Beast just didn't have a kingdom. Yeah. Like, first of all, I know that's like a, I guess it's a plot hole in this because I was like, what? This guy doesn't have a kingdom. Like, he's not ruling over anyone, apparently. Like, he's got the people that work for him that obviously got cursed with him. But if he had people that he was ruling over, don't you think they would notice that their ruler went missing? That was one of my big things with this was just, you're not going to notice that your prince, your whole monarchy is just gone. Yeah. This is France. Right. <laughs> and also if people, if the people that worked for him, obviously not all of them lived with him, right? Right. So 
people would have noticed that their family members went missing. Right. And that's a thing that I think they try to reconcile. It's like a pretty big plot hole that I think they try to reconcile yeah. in the remake and explain. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a big plot hole. Honestly, it's just, it's a really big yeah. plot hole and doesn't make any sense. Cause yeah, everybody would have noticed that the prince is missing. They would have noticed that everybody who right. worked at the castle is missing. Um, because exactly. obviously those people have families. They probably live in Bell's village, you know, it's all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was weird. Very weird. And even Lumiere, Lumiere during his, um, I think it was during Be Our Guest, he says something about they've been collecting dust for 10 years. And I was like, in the beginning, when the prince gets cursed, he doesn't look like he's 11 years old. Like, she said that the rose would stop blooming on his 21st birthday. Right. It's been 10 years. So how... He was not 11 years old unless he just stopped aging at 20 or something. Right. Which is also the other thing. It's like, first of all, children are jerks. So... <laughs> okay. Well, no. Like, this This is a this is a point. I'm, I swear to you, yes. I'm making a point. I uh, love it. <laughs> children are, are little assholes and they should be cursed. Just children <laughs> like, I was are like jerks. waiting for you to... <laughs> children are jerks. So, like... And also, again, with a stranger danger, if you're 11 years old, you're not going to be opening a door to a random stranger knocking on the door. You know, that's just right. basic 11-year-old stranger danger. And then also, if he's 11 years old and she's like, I'm going to give you a rose, he's probably like, lady, I don't want a rose. I'm 11. I want to go play my PS5 in my room. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, Im- implying they have PS5s in like 1400s right. France. Um, but, <laughs> but he's like, like, I don't blame him for like, not wanting to partake in this. He's an 11 year old boy. Like they're 11 year old kids are jerks. Just kids are jerks. Yeah. And they're going to say mean things and to curse somebody for 10 years because of something that they said or did when they were 11. Yeah. 11 is crazy to me. Right. I did like that the enchantress. So because he didn't accept the rose, I like that she made it so that the rose, whenever it stops blooming is when he becomes a beast forever. You know what I mean? I like that. Right, right. That parallel, how he didn't accept it. So that was his downfall, pretty much. Like, literally his downfall, because the leaves keep falling. um, Or the petals keep falling. Right. I thought that was really cool. Um, I will say that Belle kind of annoyed me with the whole... They told her not to go in the West Wing. And what's the first thing she does when she goes into the castle? Goes into the West She's Wing. She's curious. She went to the West Wing. She not only went to the West Wing, she literally walked into the room. The first thing she did was walk up to the rose and take the glass off. Yeah, literally. It's like, it's one thing to go wandering down a hallway. You're not like that wing, like just wandering the hallway. But she like straight up went into a man's bedroom. She starts touching. She starts rifling through stuff. And then she's like, why is he so angry? And I'm like, I'd be mad too. Get out of my room. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? And she was like, she was like, what is this rose? Let me take the whole thing that's keeping it protected open. Literally. Like, let me, let me take it off. That was insane. And I kind of, I really wanted more of a connection between her and the beast in this. I feel like they only did that typical Disney thing where they just had a musical montage and the characters didn't really connect on a deeper level. And then all of a sudden they were in love. Right. And I know some people will argue that him showing her the library was supposed to be his big romantic gesture or whatever. Or him fighting the wolves for her. Fighting the wolves. So like, yes, I do get that they made 
an attempt at that, but I truly, 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 and I know this is, again, the biggest criticism of this movie, I could not see it as anything other than Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Who else does she have to talk to? A bunch of moving, you know, dishware and furniture or this other sort of semi- person um it's like of course she's gonna like bond with the person who seems the most human-ish humanoid to her so that's kind of where I it felt a little flat for me was just very much like of course she's gonna bond to him of course she's gonna have these moments with him or do xyz with him it's like who else does she have to do that with she can't throw snowballs with Lumiere like it's not gonna work right I thought it was kind of funny that in my mind I was like oh my gosh the second he showed her the library I was like she's staying yeah she don't even love you she just wants wants books books. (laughs) right but I do think that maybe they kind of got along because he's ostracized and he stays in the castle and he's um all by himself and she kind of feels that way where she lives but they didn't show it like they didn't they didn't have that discussion yeah or um or have that connection yeah in any way and it was kind of funny because I was like I was getting the Stockholm syndrome aspect too I was like oh goodness yeah and it also at the, I mean the way the movie ends obviously you know she turns him back into a human because she tells him she loves him and all that and and then you know she lives happily ever after as a princess in the castle but I'm like she spent this whole beginning part of the movie talking about these faraway adventures and these, you know, crazy yes. things that she wanted to do. And then her idea of living a less provincial life is to like, what? Like you just get super rich and live in yeah. a castle with a big library where you are still just reading yeah. books and not actually experiencing the adventures. Exactly. So it's supposed to be that like she gets her happy ending, but I'm like, she didn't really like level up in any way. It's just she has more money now and a bigger assortment right. of books. And maybe the more money will allow her to travel you know maybe maybe her and the beast now that he's um i think his name's adam now that he's adam again prince adam yeah maybe they can travel together and actually see the world yeah one of the funny things that i thought i was like i kind of wish that they had shown us the adjustment period after prince adam became human again oh yeah because that would have been hilarious him turning back human and having to just go through day-to-day life like a normal person now Literally, yeah, that would have been really funny. I will say one of the the things that also peeved me about this movie was the angry mobs. I hate angry mobs in animated movies. Like the second someone (laughs) says one thing, they're like, let's get them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, nobody's going to question this at all. Honestly, a lot of people are like that in real life, too, though. Like they'll just rile up and just be like, yeah, of course. And it's like, has anybody stopped to think for like a minute? (laughs) And then I think one of my last notes is that I hate the look that Belle gives Prince Adam at the end when she sees him change in front of her back into a human. (laughs) And she's like, is it you? You know what I mean? And then she touches his face and she looks at his eyes and she's like, they're the same eyes. I'm like, Like, you just watched it. (laughs) Just watched him change. You just saw it. Yes. Like you just saw the light spring from his toes and his fingers (laughs) and you watched him change in front of you. And now you're like, oh my gosh, who is this man in front of me? That's what's crazy to me is like, she's told kind of the general story of what happened or what's going on. So like, you knew that he used to be a person. Yeah. So like, and she's seen obviously the picture of him up in his bedroom that he, you know, scratched through. So she knows he was a dude and it's like, 
you just saw his picture a few months ago hanging up. The, what do you mean you don't know who that is? Of course right. it's the same person. And also the beast is like 400 pounds. If it wasn't him changing into the Prince Adam again, where do you think the beast went? Like, Literally. it's not like he can hide. <laughs> Belle would be so great at a magic show. She'd be like, oh my God, they just she disappeared. <laughs> She'd be fantastic. She'd be the best audience member. So good. She just has no concept. Yes. And then um, obviously her and the Beast have that iconic tale as old as time like song where they slow dance and she's wearing the red the I almost said red dress. She's wearing the (laughs) yellow dress and he's in his full get up and they're just so cute and loving life and falling in love. And then at the end, when they're dancing again, she wears the same yellow dress. And my mind just went straight to Lizzie (laughs) McGuire. You're an outfit repeater. (laughs) I was like, Belle, I don't know your last name. You're an outfit repeater. (laughs) I use that all the time. (laughs) It's so good. I guess what was your favorite part of this as an adult? Um, I think my favorite part now that I'm an adult is still the Madame Gaston song yeah. where she's just talking crap on Gaston. Right. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really cute and well done. Right. What about you? Um, I really like, I really love Chip. I think Chip and Mrs. Potts Chip. were so cute in this. So cute. I love the part where Maurice, Belle's dad, shows up at the castle and he's just making himself comfortable and Chip comes up and he's like, "What? didn't he say something like, sorry, mama told me not to move or something like that? Or was that the live action? I can't remember. So basically when he finds out that Cogsworth and Lumiere are alive, he starts trying to inspect them and stuff and he's like, oh, how is this working? I love that part because I'm like, who just waltzes into somebody's house and starts like messing with their stuff? It cracks me up. It's in the family because she did the same mm-hmm. thing. Like you guys are rude. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. What is your favorite song? Do you have a different favorite song or is it still the same? No, my favorite song is definitely Be Our Guest. I think yeah. Be Our Guest is still the best musical number from this. It's also the most iconic other than The Tale as Old as Time. It's one of the yeah. most iconic musical numbers of all time in Disney. So it's that one, definitely. Yeah. What about you? I, even though she was being super judgmental in the beginning, I, for some reason, kept having the part where she's like, oh, isn't this amazing? Like stuck in my head. For the entire day. Like, I watched this movie yesterday, (laughs) and I've had it stuck in my head all day. So I have to say that Every time you did something, like, all day, like, you put a dish in the sink and just I'm like, it's my favorite part. Like, and, like, literally just because (laughs) I feel like that part is so relatable because she's just sitting there reading and, like, trying to show a bunch of goats the story that she's reading (laughs) and I'm like that is so me with my dogs I'm like sitting here reading like Gunner isn't this amazing like (laughs) look at this part right here because like (laughs) your dog's like I don't want to doom scroll on Twitter with you (laughs) (laughs) my dog's like please stop talking to me please leave me be (laughs) yes do you think you would have watched this without the the podcast to prompt us because I'm gonna be honest and I wouldn't no I think unless I had a child to show it to or a child requested it or like a friend requested it, I probably wouldn't have watched this on my own, to be perfectly honest. It's just, yeah. like I said, not one of my favorites. I agree. It, was not, it wasn't It was my favorite growing up. And honestly, when 
it came on Disney Plus, I noticed in the top corner it said it was rated PG. And I was like, honestly, rightfully so, because I wouldn't be able to show this to Maya or a little kid. Yeah. It's kind of scary in some parts. Like, I understand why I was scared as a kid now. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, like I said, it's not that it's a bad movie in any way. It's just not one of my favorites. (laughs) No, I completely get it. All right. So moving into our critic ratings. The 1991 animated Beauty and the Beast film received an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, a 94% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 92% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 5 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. Wow. I think that's one of our highest rated films we've ever done. For sure. I think, I mean, maybe, I'm thinking that maybe Aladdin might be up there pretty much the same um, with the ratings. Yeah, I was thinking Aladdin, and I think Scooby-Doo was also rated very, very high. Yeah. So, And um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And we, of course, like being dramatic. So for dramatic effect, we're going to hold off on our ratings, our personal ratings, until after our comparison review. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Yes, into the live action. Ha ha ha. So the 2017 Disney live action Beauty and the Beast is a musical romance fantasy film directed by Bill Condon, who is known for writing and directing some successful films like Dreamgirls, Chicago, and Twilight Breaking Dawn parts one and two. Ooh. I don't know how much he should like be talking about Twilight because like that, I don't know that that's something to be proud of, but (laughs) I'm like, tell me what you are. Say it, Edward. (laughs) Vampire. Chicago and Dreamgirls, though, amazing, excellent, A+. Yes, exactly. So the film features an ensemble cast with Emma Watson, who we all know from Harry Potter, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Josh Gad, who also voiced Olaf from Frozen, Ewan McGregor, who we know as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and many, many, many more. Yeah, this is a big star-studded cast. Huge cast. So according to Forbes and Business Insider, Beauty and the Beast is the 25th most expensive film ever made. Wow. With a budget of around $255 million. And it was the second highest grossing film of 2017 behind Star Wars The Last Jedi. It earned approximately $1.2 billion worldwide. Beauty and the Beast was also nominated for Best Production Design and Best Costume Design at the 90th Academy Awards. Wow. That's crazy because what the animated version earned is what it took to make the live action. Right. I mean, and honestly, being the 25th most expensive film ever made is kind of, it's not in the top 10. So that sounds like it's not that great, but oh my gosh, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. There's been only like a hundred films ever made. So what are you talking about? There's been I'm so kidding. many films. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's I'm kidding. Been like I'm being sarcastic. Tens There's of thousands been only of films. 100. So to be in the top 25 of tens of thousands of films is yes. insane. Millions. Are you kidding yeah, me? Probably millions so of films. Many. Yeah. Only 10. Um, <laughs> so apparently Josh Gad has also written and is currently in the process of creating a spinoff prequel TV series called Little Town, which will center around Gaston and LeFou. Gad, along with Luke Evans, will reprise their roles in the series. Honestly, I'm kind of thrilled about that. <laughs> I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. We'll talk a bit about them, but I will just say yeah. that Luke Evans was one of my favorite parts of this movie. So. Yes. I am so glad you said that. Let's get into our fun facts because I cannot wait to get into this review. Let's do it. So 
My first fun fact is that Ryan Gosling was offered the role of the Beast, but turned it down to appear in La La Land instead, whereas Emma Watson was offered the lead role in La La Land, but turned that down to star (laughs) in Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we could have had some type of Emma Watson, Ryan Gosling mashup, and we did not get it, so I'm a little sad. Oh my goodness, that's insane. Yeah. I feel like that was the universe being like, Ryan Gosling and Emma Watson need to work together. They were like, wrong wrong Emma. Sorry, sorry. We didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That is hilarious. So my first fun fact was that Emma Watson, who played Belle, Dame Emma Thompson, who played Mrs. Potts, Luke Evans, who played Gaston, and Nathan Mack, who voiced Chip and played Chip, all share the same birthday on April 15th, which was also the date of the first cast read-through. Honestly, again, that's some universe stuff. That's just putting them all together. That's weird. Like, two people, maybe three, having the same birthday. Four. Yeah, this is like, yeah, this is four people all in the same thing. And it was the day of their first cast read-through. Like, come on, come on. I wonder when Ryan Gosling's birthday is. <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> it's the same as Emma Stone's. <laughs> Probably. Honest, honestly. It's only right. So my last fun fact is that when director Bill Condon first spoke to Disney about adapting Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. they actually weren't sure that they were going to do this new version as a musical. And Condon said, with all due respect, I think you're crazy. The songs are too good. <laughs> you're going to spend all this time making a huge, gorgeous live action Beauty and the Beast and not do Be Our Guest, which I mean, I completely he's got a point. With. Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with. Um, I obviously I haven't seen the remake of Mulan yet, but yeah. I know that was a huge complaint that a lot of people had was that they cut out a lot of the music. And right. I mean, I agree. Like that, that's what made a lot of these movies so important was that they had such memorable music so good on you bill condon for fighting for that right so when did we first see this film i watched this in theaters not long after it came out yeah but i will be honest with you i was inebriated (laughs) when i watched it (laughs) i went with a group of friends and we were inebriated and we watched this and Honestly, when I walked out of the out of the theater, I couldn't have told you anything about it. Oh my goodness. So this is almost like a, a rewatch for me. Yeah. <laughs> or a first time watch. What about you? Um, like I said, my mom and I, we watch all the Disney live actions together. So we watched this one mm-hmm. together in theaters. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't my favorite when I initially saw it. Yeah. I didn't really care for it that much. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that very hard. Yeah, but we'll get into our review about it later because, yeah, spoiler alert, my thoughts changed. So we will see. Okay, so Lex, what was it like for us to watch this as adults who knew the story beforehand? I will say that I really appreciated the fact that this version answered a lot of questions that the first version asked and never gave us answers for. Yeah. Like, for example, right off the bat, my my biggest issue with the first one was that the prince didn't have a kingdom and no one really knew that they were missing. And it was just, right. it didn't make sense. But in this film, right off the bat, the narrator goes, the Enchantress cursed everyone and made the townspeople forget who the people living in the castle were. Right. Um, And I thought that was really impactful because then it offered up the scene at the end where 
obviously the people storm the castle and Mrs. Potts sees her husband. And I thought that was really, that was a good addition and it opened it up more to have more impactful scenes like that um, and more emotional scenes like that. So yeah, it, um, it fixed a lot of the plot holes. It fixed a lot of them and made them and did it in a way. I agree with you. It did it in a way that made them more important later and made it more emotional. Right. Exactly. And we got a mother explanation. We found out what happened to Belle's mother. Yes. I didn't like how they explained her mother, though. I kind of thought it was it was too much how he was like, oh, I got cursed by the Enchantress, but she gave me this book as well that allows me to travel anywhere. Yeah. I thought that was a little much. Yeah. Explaining what happened to Belle's mom. I mean, it was nice. I'm glad, you know, they gave her that closure, I guess. But I didn't think that that part of the storyline was entirely necessary. Like, they could have easily just said, like, she died of the plague. Like, they could have just thrown that line in there and we all would have been fine and satisfied with that. Yeah, I didn't get it. And I will get into it. I know that was part of, like, them bonding and understanding each other. But, yeah, I didn't think that was, like, a necessary part of the plot. Yeah, and even, I think my biggest issue was the way that they did it. Yeah. Like, they were just, like oh, the Enchantress cursed us all, but she gave me this gift and also he had the mirror. So it's like, did she give you two presents after cursing you? It just didn't make any sense. She gives you all these enchanted items. You got a rose, you got a mirror, you got a book. (laughs) And I'm like, obviously the... The mirror is iconic. The mirrors from the first one as well. Right. And I thought it might have been a little better to just have Belle look at the mirror yeah. and be like, show me where I'm from. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? And see it that way rather than going. Or just like, show me what happened to my mother. And then it could just show. Yeah. Exactly. Like she could have just been like, yeah, like there it is. Like my mom is dying of the plague and now I know. And now we can move on with the storyline. Like it just. Exactly. Like I said, it felt like a lot to just. Like, it almost felt like they were trying to extend time on the movie. Yeah. Um, by including that. That's how it felt. Exactly. And I also felt that way in a few of the songs that they added. Um, I thought the score was amazing, but I yeah. did feel like a few of the songs were just fillers for making the movie two hours long. Yeah. Like, it's almost to justify the amount that they spent on it, you know? Right. Um, I loved that we did get more depth to almost all of the characters yeah um i like that gaston they were calling him captain gaston and he had served in the military and he um he had more depth and he was more of a villain in this one to me yeah um he was more evil and more conniving i loved lefou i thought he was hilarious josh gad is amazing and the way that they brought in his character and introduced um, the first openly gay character in the Disney fandom ever. Right. I thought that was really well done. And maybe you can, I mean, give your opinion about it too, because you are in the LGBT community, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, my one gripe with Disney is that they yeah. do do this stuff, but they always do it in a way that makes it very easy to cut out when they want to send this film to, you know, countries that are yeah. far less, you know, tolerant. And so that's my one gripe is like, if Disney is going to make that a point and do that, then they need to actually do it and make it part of his character and not something that they just throw away. Right. I remembered actually watching that scene in the theater and being like, oh my God, that's so cool because it's kind of implied in the, in the cartoon version that he's like in love with Gaston. Yeah. But to see it actually 
become, you know, and they kind of hint at it again in this movie, but then to actually see it confirmed at the end is great. I just wish that they had been more open about it in this movie because um, right. I think it was really important to the, you know, to his character. And I thought it was, it was really cool and it was, you know, he was fun. Right. But yeah, so that's, that's probably my one gripe with it. Um, and then I just loved Gaston. I just love Luke Evans. I think he is so immensely talented and he was the perfect casting choice for Gaston. Like I can't, there's few people that I can think of that would have been better in that role. I'm like, I can't think of any, honestly. Yeah. Because like I, my immediate thought would obviously be like maybe Hugh Jackman, but yeah, I also think that Hugh Jackman was really perfect in the greatest showman and so like I think he was like perfect there so like I wouldn't want to make him guest on but yeah I I thought he was an excellent amazing choice right honestly the only person who felt weak in the cast to me or who felt like they didn't quite live up to the way that everyone else was acting was Emma Watson wow yeah I mean she's great like she's obviously everybody's like Hermione books so of course she's Belle yeah but like to be honest I thought that her her acting I mean was fine but I didn't I thought everybody was kind of running circles around her and just yeah really really giving it everything and I don't know I just I was slightly disappointed with her okay um not to say that she was terrible or bad or anything but I just was slightly disappointed yeah see I really liked her I think she's a fantastic dramatic actress I thought she did really well with the character but I didn't enjoy the singing parts when she had to sing yeah and I I say that because Paige O'Hara, who voiced Belle in the original, had a fantastic singing voice. Yeah. And Belle has this huge musical number in the beginning. And it's uh, it's beautiful. And I just felt that Emma Watson couldn't embody that aspect of Belle's character. And it felt I think to me, that's what hindered her performance, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, that makes sense. Because if you if you can't hit all those notes and make the impactful emotional statement of that first song where she's singing about wanting to leave and you can't give it the gravitas that it needs. Yeah, it's going to it's going to set that note for the rest of the movie that you're like, oh, almost there. Like you're lukewarm, like you're you're close. Right. (laughs) Not quite there. Yeah, and I obviously don't expect Emma Watson to be a fantastic singer, but I'm just yeah. saying if if you have these iconic songs, you have to do them right. Yeah, like dub over her voice if you have to. Like yeah. have somebody else sing it if you need to. And that's like that's one thing I really disliked about this movie. I felt that this movie, the music could have been enhanced way more. Personally, like we said before in the Aladdin episode, Aladdin is my favorite live action, but the main reason why it is is because the soundtrack, in my opinion, was done so well. It added to the original soundtrack. It yes placed yes. more emphasis on the songs and it had more impact. It was beautiful. I felt like the songs in this kind of fell short, but the storyline was stronger. Yeah, I agree with that. I fully agree with that. Um, Yeah, it's like Aladdin took the original songs and amplified them and this just sort of yeah honestly this 
basically just played the original songs and then included a few extras like there was nothing grandiose or impactful or you know they didn't include like anything weirdly you know french or you know classical or Mm -hmm. you know different it just sounded like okay of course we know this song this is the original song from the movie great we got through that musical number here's the next one like yeah it didn't feel like they took any risks with the music or tried to amplify it or make it you know really emotionally impactful but I will say the one thing that they did make very impactful were the costumes in this the costumes and the set design in this oh yes I mean obviously they won awards for it but it's beautiful like so stunning yeah I I was very impressed even even the props the props were incredible like how much detail I obviously know that Lumiere and Cogsworth were CGI but the details that they put into them and the armoire and the piano and all the background characters who were these objects living in the house like they were still all so beautiful yeah I do like that they didn't put a time frame on the rose and I also like moving on to something else (laughs) I also really like how they didn't put a time frame on the rose they were just kind of like if it wilts, that means you're going to stay a beast forever. Right. And I also liked how you see the impact of that as well. So after each petal falls, like part of the house falls off or like part of the castle falls off or like something bad happens. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or the armoire is falling asleep more because she's turning more um, inanimate. And I, I felt like that had a bigger impact on the storyline as well and on the desperation of Beast trying to fall in love with Belle. Right. It was like you could actually see the consequences and what yeah. that meant. And it was less of like a ticking, like ticking clock. And it was yes. definitely more of like, a, if this happens, our entire lives are over. Like it's exactly <laughs> you, you felt the rush. Exactly. And it it honestly, like, I felt like that was so well done because when all the characters at the end become inanimate and they lose their their lives pretty much and they all just turn into objects, I literally was weeping. I was so oh. upset, especially when the dog is scratching, when the little dog yeah. is, like, scratching and he's, like, whining and stuff. And then all of a sudden he just, like basically dies or like becomes fully dogs always get me yes or (laughs) comes like fully becomes fully into a like footstool I was like oh my god no (laughs) I was a mess but um I do like that the enchantress was always there yeah I liked that change because in the first one, it just kind of seemed like the Enchantress. She popped cursed in. Cursed them and then dipped. Yeah, popped in, <laughs> like, cursed a child and all his friends and then yes. left. <laughs> exactly. Although I thought it was funny how at one part, Gaston is next to her and he's like, you're going to believe this ugly old hag. And she gives him a look. And I was like, if she just cursed Gaston, I would cry laughing. If she like it's what he deserves, <laughs> immediately turned him into a beast for sassing her. I would have cried. (laughs) This might be controversial, but it's a hot take and I'm going to say it with my whole chest. Do it. I found the yellow dress in this film so underwhelming. That was my last note. (laughs) I'm sorry. Do you want to say it? No. Do you want to say it? Because I have more notes. No, no, no. no. I'm going to agree with you. No, I agree. It was not good. (laughs) It was not good. It wasn't, maybe it just wasn't my cup of tea from Mrs. Potts, but um, I just was not, I was not a fan of it at all. It it just 
her dress in the cartoon is so ornate and elaborate mm-hmm. and it's it's just so much and it's like you guys put in immense effort into every other aspect of this film and spent so much money and everybody's costumes and set design everything was perfect yes and the one thing above all else that beauty and the beast is known for is Belle in her yellow dress dancing with the beast in the ballroom and it's like you know that is the most pivotal moment of the whole movie and that's the dress that she ended up with. Like it was just, yeah, it felt so out of place when you considered how much they put into the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm just going to go back to how they did on Aladdin because I mean, you look at Belle, you think yellow dress, iconic. And then you look at like Jasmine and she had that blue two piece iconic. And you look at the Aladdin live action and I thought the two piece was done fantastically and so tastefully. And then you like go to Cinderella, the live action Cinderella. I was about to say which, Cinderella, her dress yes. is beautiful. Yes. And we're going to review that in the future. But you look at that dress and it's stunning. Like so well done. But then you look at this one and you're like, they really gave her the short end of the stick on this one. Like she a paper mache dress. (laughs) Yeah, it just it was not it was not my cup of tea at all. I think more than anything, it's because it didn't look anything like the source material. Like it literally just looked like a yellow ball gown and it didn't look anything like the original at all. Exactly. And it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. I will say I <laughs> I thought that they did a really amazing way of um showing the beast's facial expressions. Like obviously yeah. Dan Stevens in this film phenomenal had to act in the most insane CGI suit. And he gets mad props in my book for that because how do you act? He acted in something like that. He sang in it. He talked in it. He did a special thing with his voice or with his mouth to make it seem like he actually had fangs in his mouth. Like Dan Stevens is a shining star in this as well. Like I was very impressed with him. And yeah, that that was another thing was where I felt like he did a really great job at making the beast connect to Belle in this. And yeah. it, you could actually see their relationship blooming. Definitely. No, no pun intended because of the rose. But you could, <laughs> see, you could see their relationship actually forming and them bonding and he's making jokes and he's yeah. like making really sarcastic little quips. And it's like, OK, like I now understand like why they're bonding or why they have a connection. And right. I thought he did a phenomenal job at that. And see, that's why. I also give Emma Watson mad props for doing this movie because how do you act with your partner yeah. looking like this dude in a crazy suit like it just reminds <laughs> me of um of um Amelia Clark having to act like a tennis ball on a stick was a dragon yeah, for yeah. Game of Thrones it's just it's insane how do you even stay in character when someone looks that ridiculous next to you I don't it's know it's so impressive there has to have been so many like blooper scenes of just <laughs> them laughing right and then my uh, I have a question how is Felipe how was he still there like I love the horse in both films yes so after Maurice gets caught and Belle takes his place the beast drags Maurice out right and he throws him out right your mind goes straight to Felipe took him home right right but Belle when she breaks out and she gets caught by the wolves she rides Felipe. So I'm like, how is he still there? And how did her dad get home? Like, did he just walk? And- he hitchhiked. <laughs> right. He just left Felipe there. That was kind of strange. And then yeah. my last note is that 
I really, as much as I said, the soundtrack was kind of below what I was expecting. I um, really loved the last song when the whole ensemble sings Tale as Old as Time. Yeah, um, that was nice. I thought that was a great way of ending the movie. And then what better way of streaming the credits than having Miss Celine Dion yes. sing the first song. I was like, she was so iconic singing Tale as Old as Time, Beauty and the Beast in the first movie. And they brought her back and I was here for it. Yeah, no, she's iconic. Big fan. Love that touch. Yeah, I love the ensemble all together. It really tied up the movie yes. pretty well. So I was big fan, big fan. It was fantastic. Do you have a favorite part in this movie? Actually, I will say one of the parts that I thought was really interesting and that I liked a lot. I don't know yeah. if I have like a favorite part in this movie other than when like Dan Stevens is making really funny quips as the beast. Right. I think the part that I actually really enjoyed was the beginning scene of the ball with Prince Adam and like, Oh, that was so fun. It was really cool. Like all the face paint and like all of like the the cool costume design there. I thought that was really interesting and very cool and fun and fresh. So yeah, I like that. What about you? I thought that was really fun too. I'm going to say the same scene because I, I just really liked what it added to the film. And I honestly really appreciate them answering my questions within the first five minutes you know what I mean I literally (laughs) I loved that they didn't just tell us what was going on as well like they also showed us right you know they showed him diss the rose and like throw the lady out you know what I mean so yeah I thought that was really well done and even just the CGI on when um he sees the enchantress turn into her real form and all you see is his eyes but that whole shot of the reflection of the light from her and then his face turning from human into the beast was just right. like chef's kiss just on mm. <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> love it yes so um do you have a favorite character my favorite character in this is gonna have to be lafu because <laughs> actually i will take that back I really enjoyed Ian McKellen as Cogsworth. Really? Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job. I'm just like a big fan of Ian McKellen's voice in general. Sorry, Sir Sir Ian McKellen. Put some respect on his name. He and Ewan McGregor, <laughs> I thought, did a really fun job together. I thought that yeah. they played off each other really well. So them and then probably LeFou. I loved LeFou. What about you? I really loved Mrs. Potts and Chip. I thought yeah. they were so cute in this movie. And like I said, at the end, they broke my heart. Like when when they all started turning inanimate, they started turning back into objects. Yeah. And she was like, has anyone seen my boy? Like I yeah. just, I, Emma Thompson can do no wrong in my book. I love her. Absolute queen. Yes. And we will get into her in Cruella in the future. <laughs> Because she is an icon. So would we watch this without the podcast to prompt us? I actually, now that I think about it, I did watch this last year during quarantine. Oh. I did actually rewatch it by myself during quarantine. I think I was rewatching a few of Dan Stevens's filmography and I just happened upon it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to hear him sing again because I felt like I didn't actually get to hear what his vocal range was. Yeah. So yeah, I think I did rewatch it in quarantine. So like, yeah, I think if I was like really feeling it, I might rewatch this. What about you? Um, I'm going to say no, because (laughs) I, because like I said, when I first saw this in theaters, I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't really like it as much, but I mean, I think this is one of those movies where the more you watch it, the more you notice and the more you can appreciate it. Yeah. So the second time around, I definitely liked it a lot more. 
Um, but it was funny because we actually at first had Cruella versus 101 Dalmatians on our list. And we were like, we can't do Cruella until it's free on Disney Plus for everyone. <laughs> we're cheap. Sorry. <laughs> I know. We were like, if you guys want to watch it after, we want you to be able to watch it without spending $30. <laughs> so um, I, I definitely... If it was up to me, like just me, I probably would have chosen something else. But right. I mean, we came up with this together. So I was like, I was kind of excited to give it another try. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. So for critic ratings, the 2017 Beauty and the Beast film received a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 71% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and four out of five stars on Common Sense Media. So the original was definitely rated higher by critics. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of times the remakes are always rated just a little bit less because people are purists yeah. when it comes to the source material. For sure. But yeah, I mean, that's it's slightly better than average. Like, it's not terrible. C's get degrees. <laughs> right. So let's get into our comparison. I mean, I think we pretty much touched upon everything already, but let's, I guess, put them head to head. So what was something that we disliked about one of the adaptations that we thought that another did better that we haven't spoke on already? Yeah, I don't know that there's anything that I personally on my end haven't spoken on. I thought that the live action did better with patching up plot holes, but I thought the dress was better in the animated one. And I thought the live action did better with showing us the progression of their relationship. So those are, yeah. I mean, those are my big ones. What about you? Right. Um, I, like, like we said before, I really liked that we got more depth in the live action one to all the characters, even something as small as like Maurice Bell's dad, he yeah. felt more real and less like an, it almost felt like he was similar to the Sultan in Aladdin, yeah. in the original Aladdin, how they just kind of made him like a short fat guy. That's really funny because he's, he's like crazy. You know what I mean? So like, right. I really liked that that they actually gave him depth and they gave him like a song and they were like, this is what he had to sacrifice to save him and Belle. As much as I didn't like how they showed how they showed her, her mom, I do like that they gave that impactful scene of him taking her from her mom because she was sick right. to, pr to protect her. I felt like his um, servants and stuff liked him more in the second one in the live action version because the first one they were like we work for you and da, da 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 but I felt more of a connection between them yeah they felt more like friends less like employees yeah and I also like that Mrs. Potts explained why they liked him or why they were serving him right and like we said I didn't think the songs were as good in the new one as the original obviously the like you said the dress was much better in the original yeah I honestly I liked Gaston better in in the live action version, I thought he was really funny. That's all a testament to Luke Evans, honestly. Right. I mean, the, the cast is honestly insanely stacked. Yeah. One of the major things that I really liked about this film, the live action one, I mean, mm -hmm. is that they made Mrs. Potts younger. Oh, yeah. So it made sense that she had a, like a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And like my grandma had a child late and she had gray hair by the time my my aunt was in her teens but I just I thought it was also really funny how they kind of called back to the original and when the people broke in when the the mob breaks into the castle 
one of the guys goes, oh, what a cute little cup. And is this your grandma? And Mrs. Potts goes, excuse me? And she, like, <laughs> gets so mad. And she's like, charge! And then all the um, all the objects and all the, the antiques start fighting. I thought that was really funny. And then my last note is that I felt that this movie did a really good job at building more of a connection between Belle and the Beast. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of the CGI, because they did more animation on the Beast's face to give him more, I guess, more sentimental facial expressions or more emotional um, facial expressions. And I felt, I mean, yeah, and that, and I feel like he had more lines. Like he just had more opportunities to build that, you know? Yeah. And they showed his backstory a little bit as well. Right. So what is the one thing you would change from the original? Like if you had one thing that you could change out of all the ones that we spoke on, what is the one, the top one that you would change about the first movie? I think the top thing I would change about the first movie would be the love story, like giving them more opportunities to bond and not through just a montage or him, you know, showing her the library. Right. I think because the love story is so like, that's the whole thing. Like he has to be loved and love someone in return. And so if that's your whole story and that's what everything's riding on, I want to see, cause like in my mind, I'm like, she has no reason to like this dude. He literally locked her up. And just cause he showed her a library doesn't change the fact that he locked her up and they have not really had an actual conversation. Yeah. So I think that would be my biggest thing would be to give the depth and the expansion that they gave in the remake. I would give that to the original 1991. Right. What about you? Um, I, I agree. And I also, I think that my would be making Gaston, I guess, more likable and giving him more depth because in the original, I mean, I'm just, I think I'm just a person who loves the villains in all the Disney animated movies. Yeah, absolutely. I really felt that he was too one dimensional in the beginning and he didn't really have any depth and he didn't have any any real reason to be acting that the way the way he was acting and you didn't see or learn anything about him so i'm kind of hoping that the prequel gives us a little bit more into gaston because i want to see more of him from the live action and honestly i just want to see more of uh of luke evans like (laughs) exactly exactly so let's get into our ratings All right, so we are going to use the same rating scale for both films. So let's start with the 1991 version. We can rate it on a scale of A plus to F minus. A plus meaning there's no one slick as Gaston. This is one of the best Disney Renaissance films. The music and visuals are stunning, and this tale as old as time is timeless. Or F minus meaning this movie aged horribly. The plot has a giant chip in it, and I'd rather be turned into a beast and only have inanimate objects as friends than watch this again. Based on this scale, how would you rate the 1991 Beauty and the Beast film? I would rate the 1991 film as like a A minus B plus. I think probably a B plus. It's like somewhere in that little range, around like a 90%. Yeah. I think it just, that just feels fair. Like I I objectively know that it is a good movie. It's just not yeah. my favorite movie. What about you? I agree, but I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say a B. Just because, like you said, I mean, this is, I know it's a good movie and I obviously understand why people love Belle because she's independent and she's smart and she's, she's less of a damsel in distress than a lot of other Disney princesses. But the movie as a whole, the storyline just kind of is not 
all that to me. Yeah. So I would give this a B because it's not my it's not my favorite. It's not one of my top Disney films. So now for the moment of truth, using the same scale, what would you rate the 2017 live action adaptation? Does it deserve a prequel series? I think it does deserve a prequel series because I just because I selfishly want to see more of Josh Gad and Luke Evans. <laughs> same. <laughs> but I'm I feel like my opinion is going to be so controversial, but I thought the live action was better. I'm going to give it a an A minus. It wasn't my favorite live yeah. action. It wasn't the best movie ever. I thought it was really well done, though, and I thought it really enhanced the story from the original. Um, but I also kind of feel bad because I'm like, there really wouldn't be anything to go off if it wasn't for what the original already did. But whatever. Um, what about you? I'm actually going to keep my score the same. I think it also, I'm no, I'm, I'm serious. Like it literally, like I keep in my head, I'm like, okay, a minus, but like, it doesn't hit the a category for me, but then I know that like it did better in some aspects. So I'm going to keep it around like the B plus range. Like I think it really, that's where it's going to live for me. And it's so hard because it did do some stuff better, but then it did some stuff worse. I just think the stuff that it did better mattered more. Yeah. And honestly, that's completely our opinion. If you guys have a different opinion, send us a message on Instagram. We want to hear your opinions. Yeah. Let us know. We love it. We love to hear from you. We love to get opinions and thoughts. Exactly. And like we said, we have plenty more Disney battle episodes coming up. So be sure to stay tuned. If you haven't already, give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. And be sure to give us a rating on whatever listening platform you're using to tune in. We appreciate any and all feedback. And like I said, if you disagree with our ratings, let us know. We want to hear your take on things. But until then, for our next episode, we are rewatching our most requested film so far, The DCOM smart house. I'm so excited. I haven't seen this movie in so long. I know. I'm very excited. So (laughs) we're pumped. We hope that you are pumped and we'll see you next time. We hope we didn't scare you away with our ratings of these films. So we will hopefully see you all next week. Bye. Bye everyone.